Hello, everyone. I got a preview of today's episode of my new TV show, Office Hours, that airs tonight on Bloomberg TV and can be streamed at any time on Amazon Prime Video. Joining me on today's episode are Mike Mamula, founder of Media Abundance, Joni Rogers-Conte, founder and CEO of Senegents, and the true underdog himself, Jason Waller, the founder and CEO of Power Home Solar. And we're going to get a sneak peek at our conversation with Cameron Diaz and Catherine Power, the founders of Aveline Wine. Please go watch Office Hours tonight on Bloomberg and check it out on Amazon Prime Video. This is Entrepreneurs the Playbook. Next up, we've got Cameron Diaz and Catherine Power, the co-founders of Aveline Wine. All right, we have the dynamic duo next, Catherine Power, Cameron Diaz. Welcome to Office Hours. We're so excited to talk about your business. As much as everybody wants to talk about movies and celebrity and entertainment, I like making money, helping people, and having fun. And I wanted to have you on Office Hours because I know you share the same aspiration as I do. And this is an amazing company. And Catherine, I want to start with you. Where was the vision when you decided to get into what I consider still today to be a crowded space and to pick such an interesting business partner in order to effectuate that vision? Absolutely. You know, it really started with a, a question that Cameron and I had, right? We are pretty health conscious. You know, we live in Los Angeles. We, you know, are centered around wellness and we've traded out every category in our life for something cleaner, something healthier. And one day we were sitting there drinking wine and, you know, we had this thought, which was, I wonder if there's anything besides grapes in this wine. And, you know, are these grapes organic? Because everything else we're consuming is organic. Well, how, many, how many glasses we, of wine did you have to have before you got to that question? <laughs> that was after that was after a, a bottle. And we actually said, like, should we open another bottle? And that's when it came up, right? Because it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of juice we're drinking. And, you know, we turned around the bottle and we were reminded that wine is one of the only consumables where you have no nutrition facts, you have no ingredient lists. And so we, from then on, wanted to learn how is wine made, what goes in it, you know, is it just fermented grapes like we had assumed throughout our, you know, adult lives? Drinking and, clear, let's you know, be we honest. Were pretty <laughs> yeah, we, I was going to say our whole life. But, um, we, we were pretty shocked, you know, and um, I think, you know, saw a really big opportunity to bring more transparency to this industry. Cameron and Catherine, let me ask you this. Do to transition and to become an entrepreneur with the research and development that you guys had to do because you didn't know a lot about wine. You guys were drinking, having a good time. And you're like, what are we consuming? But to really dig into this business as a true entrepreneur, how exciting was that and how difficult was that as you started to learn the business and then start to grow and scale the business? I think that it was just fun from the beginning because first off, it's something that we love, right? It's a product that we love. It's communal, it's about our friendship. It was something that really was born out of something we shared together, an interest and a curiosity, really. The intricacies of the alcohol business, we had to learn that language and we really set off to do it together, both not knowing anything, but just having the will and desire to take on the challenge. And we found it 
to be a lot of fun because we got to do it together. We, you know, we're sitting in Europe. We're, we go to Spain. We go to to France, and we're sitting looking at these vineyards to eat with one another, having you know a ham and cheese on a baguette and a glass of wine. <laughs> we created this opportunity for ourselves. Nobody told us that we had to go do it. Nobody told us how to do it. All of it was us t sort of taking our instincts and our desire and our passion and our, our love for, for wine and taking it on the road and pushing through all of the challenges. If there's a roadblock, we don't go, oh my God, we have to stop. We can't get through. We go, huh, how do we get around this? How do we overcome this obstacle to work in our favor so that we can keep going? Well, that's why you two are successful. You love what you're doing. Right. You're excited about what you're doing. And then you, it wasn't just, oh, I'm gonna open this business and get some people to do it. You guys dug into the trenches, so congrats. That's and, very successful. And, and what they did, hi, hi Cameron, hi Catherine, what, what you did that I love, and, and look, we all know that the most successful companies provide solutions to problems, right? You, you found a problem that we are what we not only eat, but what we drink. And, and you said, hey, there's a void here, let's fill it. And so you, you provide your, the, the world with a great product, but then you also, what I think is key, and you started to touch on it, Cameron, is you make yourselves an accessible brand. And, and that's mm -hmm. the key, right? So can you explain to our audience what you mean by that and how has making the product accessible in terms of a company benefited and, and improved and enhanced the success that you, you've experienced? When Cameron and I learned about, you know, what was often put into commercial wines throughout the winemaking process, we started to seek out cleaner product. And again, we live in Los Angeles, the mecca of wellness, and we had a hard time finding cleaner product cleaner wines, wines made with organic grapes. You know, we would have to go across town to a specialty store. Um, and so if we were having that problem, how could people across the country have access to this? So really it started, you know, with us creating a distribution strategy that would reach this customer wherever they are shopping. And also just, you know, the voice that we're using, right? To make wine feel accessible and approachable to people who, you know, maybe just are familiar with kind of the top two types of wine, right? A Chardonnay, maybe a Cab, um, but don't really know anything beyond that. And we really wanted to make this brand feel accessible and easy to understand. And you can see that, you know, starting from you know, the the packaging to the voice that we use on social media. And I just would add to that, Catherine, one of the things for us too is not just that we couldn't find it, but we couldn't identify it. Yes. So, you know, we might be amongst, you know, walking down the aisle of a grocery store. We might be amongst, you know, 20 bottles of wines that we would consume, but we just had no idea, no way to identify even if we took a bottle and looked up the vineyard online, there was nothing even on the websites that would identify the information that we was important to us. So since we knew as consumers that we like to be educated, we like to know what's inside the bottle or what's not inside the bottle, that really informed also our dialogue with our consumer and the branding, and as Catherine said, on our bottle, what we present to the consumer on, on face on the aisle. And, and Cameron, could you explain to a typical consumer uh, uh, who I represent, what is it that I would identify with as I was walking down the aisle looking at your bottle? Three uh, um, ingredients that across the board in clean product that 
everybody who consumes clean products would say, I don't want is artificial colors or, um, you know, added sugars or concentrates, you know? So on the bottle, we say we don't have that in our bottle. You might just want to know what does the wine taste like? Because most drinkers are thinking, I like a dry wine or a sweet wine. I like a fruity wine, I like a heavier wine. I like a lighter wine. We give our flavor profiles on the front of, of the wine label so that the drinker can look at the bottle and go, you know, what is Zarello? What does it taste like? Well, it's dry and crisp. Oh, well, that's actually what I wanted. That's exactly what I was looking for. Those sort of expressions to our consumer that, you know, this fits into your lifestyle is really sort of what is really forward facing to them um, right off the get go. Well, we are blessed to have women entrepreneurs in the faces of all three of you leading the way for my daughters. I appreciate you so much. I love the way they put everything right on the front label. Uh, so right and true to your messaging. Good marketing. Yeah. Great it's message fantastic. and marketing. Yeah. You guys are extraordinary. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Thank you so much. This is Office Hours, where the brightest entrepreneurial minds in business, sports, and entertainment get together to talk about success, failure, and everything in between. Take a deep dive into the mindset it takes to excel as our unbelievable hosts and guests share with you the strategies and tools they've used to dominate their respective fields. On this episode of Office Hours, Jim Quick, Cameron Diaz, and Catherine Power, Ryan Serhant. Michael Chandler and Bill Baldiga. We created this opportunity for ourselves. Nobody told us that we had to go do it. Well, that's why you two are successful. Sometimes doing good can also be good financially as well. Have you thought about what you're going to do when you win? I think you're the epitome of the hero's journey. I built the number one sales team in New York City history. What is your buffer? How do you know when enough is enough? David Meltzer hosts Office Hours.